This is Jeff Kober, and we welcome you to another Disney at Work and Play podcast. We're going to take the opportunity today to celebrate illuminations, reflections of Earth. And so please join us on this podcast, and please make sure you also touch base with our Disney at Play.com um, post that we have for this uh, tribute, as well as a Disney at Work uh, post that we have uh, included as well. We uh, wanted to just talk about Illuminations and its legacy and its meaning and its application uh, to our lives. And that's where we get the Disney at Work aspect to it. There have been many versions of Illuminations over the years and some shows even prior to that that didn't even carry the Illuminations name. Illuminations Reflections of Earth has had the longest run of any of the shows, but there have been other shows that carry different titles. Originally, not long or really right at the beginning of Epcot, uh, there was a show called Carnival de Lumière. And that show involved guests gathering kind of toward the front of World Showcase Promenade between Mexico and Canada. There they set up fountains and fireworks barges, incorporated some rear projection screens. But that was the first nighttime show that they had for, uh, for Epcot. From there, it uh, in the summer of 83, the year after, they created a different version of the show, this time using music from a synthesizer. Remember, at that time, the biggest show for Walt Disney World was Disney's Electrical Parade. And so that show having synthesizer sounds, they thought maybe it would seem futuristic to have synthesizer sounds on New World Fantasy. So they they opened with that uh, summer with, uh, with a show that involved that type of music, um, classical music played with the synthesizer. Uh, in uh, June 9th of 1984, they introduced something much different. They moved away from a few barges on World Showcase Promenade to what was known as Laserphonic Fantasy. Um, this had a full orchestra um, that had recorded the music. And most importantly, as noted by the title of the show, it introduced laser effects. Now, the problem... <laughs> When you introduce your uh, show with the title of your most important special effect is that then you have to make sure you deliver your most special effect, in this case, lasers. And my business partner was sharing with me the experience of observing the final rehearsal the night before Laserphonic Fantasy opened. And let's just say that the one thing that wasn't working was the lasers. And the guy, they, he thinks there was a guy there who um, really wasn't an employee of the company, but more or less a, an expert on lasers who would come in to do the show. But he remembered the guy, he would be on the radio using expletives that were not normally used on Walt Disney World Radio. And he was having to shuttle himself on a little cargo uh from one uh, point to another um, to try to figure out the laser effects and to try to get everything working. Apparently, it did work 
on opening night. So that was a good thing. It apparently didn't work the second night. Um, and it seemed to have some struggle for for the time frame after that. And that that went on for actually about four years, laser phonic fantasy uh, occurred. Now, what was also interesting about this is that the show was completely around the lagoon. And this was important because uh, the reason for having a fireworks show was to make certain that guests would stay around, that there was something really compelling that, that would keep them there through the evening, and that would increase per caps in the restaurants. Many of those Dis many of those restaurants around Epcot are not actually managed by Disney, but they're managed by operating partners, and they were complaining that guests were leaving Epcot toward evening, going back over to the Magic Kingdom and not really staying. And so they needed a compelling show, a compelling reason, a compelling event that kept guests through the evening. And that's why this show was so important. And moving it around World Showcase meant that guests could dine at any location in all the different countries and still be able to uh, step out afterwards and do a little shopping and enjoy the the uh, the pyrotechnic display at the end of the evening. I mention this because uh, I think an important aspect of this is that you understand how how to the guest experience how important it is that you end on a great note. And I think that's not only important for the guest experience. I also think. That's important for the employee experience. And I'll kind of come back to that a little later. Those, uh, those three shows, Carnival de Lumière, New World Fantasy, Laserphonic Fantasy, those all eventually gave way in January of 1988 to what is Illuminations. And Illuminations is the show that I remember most because that uh, fall, I actually came to Walt Disney World for the first time. And that was the show that we saw and I remember um, music, classical music like Ode to Joy and Rhapsody in Blue and William Tell Overture were all part of the familiar pieces. Another thing that I really remember that stood out uh, in this um, version of Illuminations is that they were piloting these projection devices that would put an image up on the different pavilions, the one that stands out the most, I, I don't remember any of the others, but the one that stands out the most was Germany because it had kind of a Candyland look to it. It made it look like one big giant gingerbread house. And it, um, now we do projections all the time, but back then that was a very brand new concept. And it was, uh, it was fascinating to look at. I should also mention, by the way, my first time my wife and I came to Walt Disney World in uh, the week after Thanksgiving in 1988. And this was our first time there. And we were, you know, it was okay them seeing the Magic Kingdom, but honestly, we were more impressed with Disneyland back in California. But Epcot, that was truly an impressive uh, park to see and so big and so huge. And one of the things, I think I alluded this to in a previous podcast, you really kind of got the impression right off the bat when you visited countries like Germany or Morocco or Italy, there wasn't much to do unless you shopped or you ate there. And so we didn't have a lot of money, but we put down money to have a dinner at, um, at, uh, 
the restaurant in Italy, um, and it was an okay meal. But afterwards, uh, we watched Illuminations from there. It was our last night at Walt Disney World, and we watched Illuminations from there, and so blown away by it. And then afterwards, we're just exhausted from the day. We just wanted to enjoy every moment. We didn't know that we'd ever be back again. We thought maybe come back in 10 years. Little did I know that my life would change and evolve around Disney. But that moment, we just wanted to soak in every last moment of being um, there at Walt Disney World. So we sat there on the back bench of uh, in Italy and just kind of watching the crowds leave. And then it finally kind of started really emptying and we realized we needed to start hauling our way through. And all of a sudden, what would show up was a double-decker bus. Now, those who have been to um, Epcot in years past remember that one of the ways you got around World Showcase was that they would take the same double-decker style bus that you see going down Main Street at the Magic Kingdom, and they would uh, pile on guests and uh, would drive them around the circle of World Showcase. And it was a great way to see World Showcase, especially when your feet were exhausted. You could just hop on one of those. It was a long line, unfortunately. There were only three or four operating. And, uh, and they continued probably until the festivals like Food and Wine and Garden, uh, Flower and Garden got really popular and they started putting the booths out and it got to a place where you really couldn't get the cars to to manage going around there without hitting somebody. And so they finally did away. But at any rate, going back to my story, here it is. It's the end of the day. We are exhausted not only from the day, but from an entire stay at Walt Disney World. We're thinking, oh, we got to get all the way back out to um, our bus to take us back to um, Disney's... Uh, um, a Caribbean beach resort, which was brand new. It had only been open for a month. And uh, we are getting ready to go. And along comes this double-decker bus. And this guy says, hey, you want to ride? And we are like, yeah, sure. This would be awesome. We thought he would take us all the way toward the front of World Showcase Promenade. But he didn't. He actually drove us all the way out to Spaceship Earth. And I'm telling you, going back to having your day end on a really special, magical note, that was a magical moment for us. It saved our feet, but it just, that, that gesture of taking care of us and getting us to the front of the park, that was so, so cool and, um, and so memorable. You want to end on a great note. And that's the purpose of Illuminations. Now, there have been some other versions of Illuminations, particularly when Walt Disney World's 25th anniversary uh, came along. They did a special version of Illuminations for that show. Um, if you remember, the song from that is Remember the Magic. Uh, remember, you know, do, you, do you remember the magic? And, uh, and so that was a big part of that show. And then it ended with their brand new famous song, Circle of Life. You remember just a couple of years ago, Lion King come out and that had been a blockbuster hit for Disney. And so, and so that came out, but it wasn't, um, it wasn't quite as popular. And eventually the international melodies uh, came back in and they kind of took the Lion King music out and so forth. And, and that's how I remember, by the way, I should also mention 
that prior to this, um, when I started to work for Walt Disney World, it was really in a consulting role. And the offices that they allowed me to, to stay in were above Italy. And if you think of that, the Venetian Palace, I played the palace. And there is a second floor up there, and it was um, kind of a, a very simple, plain um, space. But there was a desk that was probably two feet away from a speaker that was at least um, three or four feet long. And uh, a speaker that would play Italian arias all day long. This is before you could get an iPod or an iPhone and actually listen to something else on your headset. But, um, but so I would listen to these Italian arias all day long. But I have to say, what I would do at the end of the day, I'd time my workday to leave around 9 p.m. when Illuminations came out. And it was so cool to just be able to leave at the end of the day and feel like you had done a great job and to have these fireworks celebrate your, <laughs> your leaving the office at the end of the day. Um, and so I have a great memory of, of that as well. The, um, in uh, 1999, Illuminations 2000 Reflections of Earth was introduced and it has been playing ever since until this day that we are recording September 30th. That show was powerful and unique. It um, included all the lights and lasers and pyro and fountains that had been in Illuminations. It added a a flame element, um, and it added the torches around World Showcase Lagoon. Um, I remember this show and the, the day it officially opened because there was a press event and I was hosting press from Mexico, and uh, I speak Spanish, and it was a phenomenal opportunity. They actually had closed off to just the press, so we almost, we stood on the promenade most people, most of the show was actually, um, most of the party was back toward the, between Morocco and Italy, or France and Italy. Um, but we had gone around to, to the front and the promenade and were able to see the first show from there. And it was spectacular to behold. The music really caught on and it, 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 um, back then they were selling a CD disc of it and, and, uh, people grabbed a copy of it and, I loved it. If you're not familiar with the show, um, in terms of what it's all about, it's actually a show that has three acts to it. The first act is that part with all the flames going up, and this portion represents the creation of the Earth. Then you go to act two, which is order, and there's like different segments in this. First is kind of the advent of man, and then um, it falls into um, technology uh, coming about, and then it and then it furthers itself with culture and the arts. And so this entire act, which is the bulk of of the orchestral section, is called order. And then the third act is after the big blast of fireworks. We then go to a soft place. The torches go up. And the center of the Earth globe opens up, which also was a big um, addition. I should mention that was a big addition to Reflections of the Earth. It was this big Earth globe. And it opens up like a, a lotus flower and reveals its flames. And 
that's about becoming one and, and coming together and finding meaning. And so you actually have these three acts, chaos, order, and meaning. We, again, please visit disneyatplay.com. I've done a, a tribute, and I'm not the best um, at um, editing, but we took, um, I, I wanted to do something that really was an opportunity to pay tribute to Illuminations and also really to Epcot because it's about ready to go through a very major change. So when you have an opportunity, do check out um, my uh, video that I've done as a tribute to Illuminations. A couple of little known facts. Um, FAA actually requires anyone using lasers to notify them for advanced permission. As a result, um, Mexico control, that's where you actually control all the fireworks is from the top of the pyramid at Mexico. If you look up, you can't quite see it during the day and the night, you can. But anyway, they contact Orlando International Airport 15 minutes prior to the show. And then cast members, and I think they still do this, cast members actually have to be on rooftops in a couple of key locations to look for helicopters or airplanes or anyone in the nearby area to make sure that uh, that there is an incoming, accidental incoming traffic coming through and hurt, potentially hurting anyone. So that's one little interesting note. The second is, is there are actually 19 torches that surround the entire World Showcase Lagoon. Again, added for uh, Illuminations um, Reflections of Earth. It was called Illuminations 2000 Reflections of Earth, and then a couple of years after that, they just dropped off the 2000. Um, there is a 20th torch, and that's the torch in the center of the Earth globe when it blossoms at the end of the show. And so the idea is that it becomes the unifying element that brings all of the torches, and it's referred to as the unity torch. So that's kind of an interesting note. The 20 torches, 19 around this around the perimeter and one in the center. And then the third thing is, is the introduction piece that says, good evening. On behalf of Walt Disney World, the place where dreams come true, we all welcome you to... That narrative is actually performed by uh, Jim uh, Cummins, who is coincidentally the voice of Winnie the Pooh, Tigger, and even Hondo Anaka in the uh, Millennium Falcon Smugglers run. So... And by the way, speaking of narratives, um, my, my favorite is Walter Cronkite. There is a holiday version of this show that is fantastic. I will miss that as much as I will miss Illuminations itself. And that was hosted by Walter Cronkite. Having looked at the heritage and at the show itself, let me now kind of change hats for a moment and talk about the Disney at work and the applications and meaning behind Illuminations, Reflections of, the, of Earth. Um, I mentioned a few minutes ago that the show has three acts and that those three acts are chaos, order, and meaning. Um, if you really look at Reflections of Earth and you look at the, 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 uh, the song that plays as part of it, We Go On, you realize that this show and and particularly the song, is an anthem to change leadership, to change management. And that really, this is about embracing change. If you look at the show and if you look at, at all the images that appear on that globe, you see how man evolves. You see how 
there is an evolution and an improvement and a growth and a learning and a development and that man continues to improve and become better. And that's at the heart of, of this show and what it's all about and its meaning. So if you really uh, think about, um, for instance, um, I, I want to talk about Act 1, Chaos. This is what happens when change occurs. Sometimes it's intentional on our part. We want to make a change, and so we enter willingly into chaos. But oftentimes, change is forced upon us, and that chaos ensues, and we are not expecting it, and it creates all sorts of havoc for us. Uh, even some of us kind of go up in flames as a result, uh, using, using a little metaphor there. But eventually, what we do is we, we work into trying to figure it out and to, to create order out of the chaos and eventually move it into a positive and ideally a better direction. Uh, I have in my show notes for Disney at Work uh, a model that I use for this. It comes from a book by Chuck and Mary Lofi, some tremendous people who wrote this book on vitality. And it shows the chaos model, which is kind of like a ribbon that, that loops, that it's an arrow that loops down and then comes back up. And you see this kind of model also when you hear about um, uh, the change management model of Foreman, Storman, Norman, Performin, that type of thing. It's the same kind of thing here. It's that we often have to go into chaos before we can pull up and, and take it to the next, to the next level. Um, and then the third act, which was the climax of Illuminations, that's when we find... Uh, and learn the meaning of we go on. It's where we put context in our experiences, where we learn from our life's ex experiences. I want to read, um, and I know it's not the same as hearing the music, but I want you to, um, I want you to listen to the words of the lyrics to the song, We Go On. And think about this in context of having to make changes in our life, whether those are personal changes, whether those are changes in our work or business or organization. Think about what messages are in this. With the stillness of the night, there comes a time to understand, to reach out and touch tomorrow, take the future in our hand. We can see a new horizon built on all that we have done and our dreams begin another thousand circles round the sun. We go on to the joy and through the tears we go on to discover new frontiers, moving on with the current of the years. We go on moving forward, now as one, moving on with the spirit born to run, ever on with each rising sun, to a new day, we go on, we go on. These lyrics frame the final moments of Illumination's Reflections of Earth. How those lyrics came to be written by a man who actually was not known for writing music. He was known for designing fireworks. It's the story of Don Dorsey. As an audio producer for parades like the Main Street Electrical Parade and America on Parade, and a designer, director of fireworks and nighttime spectaculars like Sorcery in the Sky, Don Dorsey was tasked with being the creative director when it originally opened as Illuminations 2000, Reflections of Earth. Don had initially sought out Hans Zimmer, who had composed the soundtrack for The Lion King, 
hoping that Hans would help him to work on the show. When Hans realized he really wasn't available to do the project, he suggested Gavin Greenaway, a talented composer and conductor himself, to write the music. Gavin created, in practically the first take, the music you hear throughout the entire performance. But he didn't feel comfortable doing the lyrics, and after seeking the help of others, still couldn't make it work. Gavin suggested Don try it. In the midst of this activity, Don Dorsey found out that Mark Nichols, the original director of the project and a friend of Don's, was taken off of the project and moved laterally in the organization. Don was heading back to California, and while on a layover in Dallas, called Mark to vent his frustration. Toward the end of the conversation, after both had expressed their disappointment, Don said, well, we go on. Later, back on the plane and pondering the words of that conversation, he realized that the message for Epcot's millennium was really about moving forward. We go on. Don described it as follows, quote, Then I thought, that really speaks in a generic way to what has enabled humans to survive. In any day, there's up moments, there's down moments, and yet the core message of the human race is, no matter what, we go on. I totally get this story. I get this message. I get it because when only a year after that show premiered before it even reached its first year, I found myself having moved on from Disney. Now, that to me seemed unthinkable prior. I, I thought Disney would be the dream job. I thought Disney would be the place I would want to live. I thought maybe I might even be the next CEO. Who knew? But I just saw a life and a career at Disney. And so I was, I remember the transformation of moving on to a new role and to a new job and new, basically moving on with the consulting career as I left uh, the Walt Disney Company. And I remember my wife and I, we went to Epcot not long afterwards. We became annual pass holders afterwards. And we, we went to Epcot and we saw this show and I, both of us individually melted into tears because the lyrics of the song were, were really almost written for what we were going through. Nearly 20 years later, I now look back and say, as painful and difficult and changing, I mean, they were just, it's just that it was change and change is always so hard and so difficult. And yet that change has blessed my life. It has allowed me to do things I would never have been able to do if I had remained at Disney. I have been able to go places, to work with people, to, to be a part of, opportunities and organizations and and to have been my own man in in having my own career i've been able to work with other consultants people who taught me and gave me understanding and learning i mentioned chuck and mary lofi earlier they were two of those people who really were mentors in my life lorraine chang was another one um Babak Armijani was another one. These people were vital to my growth and development. And I am so much better uh, 
now than I think I would have been if I had always remained where I was. But it took change and change is not always easy. It's so funny as I was preparing all this, I happened to read about executive changes happening at Walt Disney World. And I, knowing some of those individuals um, and knowing about them, I could feel the pains of change. And while they may be good change for them, it's still difficult change. And yet we go on. And if we can figure it out, we can be better as we evolve and we grow and we move forward. I will tell you that this story of Don Dorsey is in my uh, Disney Leadership in You book. And it follows with another story that I won't share today about Buckminster Fuller, who is the one who created the concept and the, and the, the architectural design and thought behind what is Spaceship Earth. That is an even more powerful story, but I want to save it for the book. I just want you to know that in our own lives, we have to embrace change. Um, consider the following uh, as souvenirs for whether it's your organization, your business, or just your own personal life. Consider these questions. What life experience is currently creating chaos for you? What steps are you taking to create order out of the chaos you are in? How are you finding meaning from the change you are experiencing? How do you bring order and meaning out of another's day? How do you make sure that you end another's day on a high note? And, and let me come back to also not just the guest experience. You remember the story I told you with the double-decker bus? Think also about how you end an individual's employment. How do you end that on a high note? Um, everybody wants to leave an employer on a good note. Um, and sometimes that's the hardest thing to do. But one of the things you can do as an employer, as a manager, as a leader, is to make sure that when others leave, they leave on a high note. You want to, everyone to leave on a positive place. How do you reflect regarding your time here on earth? How do you intentionally keep moving forward? And what's the next door that you need to open? Walt Disney said it, quote, around here, however, we don't look backwards very long. We keep moving forward, opening up new doors and doing new things because we are curious and curiosity keeps leading us down new paths. I'm excited for the new paths, new paths in my life, new paths for others. I'm excited for the new path that uh, Epcot is about to embark. Starting tomorrow, it, the new path is actually to go retro back to Epcot Forever, which is using the music of Epcot's heritage to provide a, uh, a fireworks spectacular. It's only a short-term show before a new show appears apparently next year. That's too short a time for this kind of show. But you know what? The music of Epcot's my soul. And so I'm so excited to, to see this show. And I'll try to share my experience with that later on this week. So stay tuned. But, but you know what? New paths, we move on. And uh, through the years, we move on. 
And I hope that you can embrace that change for yourself. Hey, we really appreciate you joining us today for Disney at Work and Play. We hope that these are the messages that make a difference in your life. And we ask that you, if you like us, please uh, give us a good review um, out there on our podcast channel. Um, and make sure you subscribe to us because we are always coming out with new podcasts and posts and YouTube videos. You want to check out uh, our YouTube page? Uh, we've got uh, several dozen uh, movies out there, some really good stuff that you can't find anywhere else. We have a whole series on Disneyland Paris um, that, um, that shows you uh, the view of building Disneyland Paris from the eyes of the Imagineers that built it. So go out there and subscribe to YouTube as well. Check out our books. Uh, I mentioned Disney Leadership in You. There's also The Wonderful World of Customer Service at Disney. Um, there is even um, Epcot um, um, book that I have. Check out my Disney at Work page and you can see a link that goes to it. It is only available on iTunes as an iTunes book. But definitely check us out. There's so many things to do, so many um, ways to stay in touch with us, and we hope that you will do just that. Again, thanks for joining us. Whether it's at work or play, we hope that you continue to follow the compass of your heart. <laughs>